0: Welcome everyone, I'm Anne-Marie Currie, I'm your presenter for Senior Focus for the session today, and for today's session I've decided to focus on the Writers' Festival. Uh, My attendance was not uh, over the whole six days, it was only for a few sessions on Saturday and Sunday at the weekend, but I was very moved by the conversation that I had, by the uh, sessions that I sat in and listened to, the dialogue was rich, and there were some wonderful relationships uh, happening amongst people in the audience and with the authors. So I decided it was worthwhile reflecting on this event, because last year we missed it all together and it dropped out of people's awareness and conversations. This year it was not... Uh, attracting overseas people for COVID reasons. So it was very much a homegrown affair, uh, heavily um, impregnated with issues of diversity from within our own uh, society in Aotearoa. So there were many Maori and Pacific uh, authors, publishers, um, people with... um, uh, rich um, heritage of dialogue, but uh, interwoven with kind of issues of the day like climate change. And because climate change obviously is becoming more and more, um, not just a serious issue, but more and more um, a threat that's not far away, it's actually just around the corner, we uh, it is it is permeating many major conferences and discussions and this is from a different angle. So we're going to talk about all these things uh, in the session and I look forward to hearing from people who want to write in to me at Curry uh, at gmail.com. And just for the spelling, it's A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E dot Curry C-O-U-R-Y at gmail dot com so do drop me a line if you have thoughts on the program or on anything that's generated uh, in your mind as you listen or any authors or that I mentioned that you'd like to hear from. Uh, I certainly have um, intent to invite some uh, authors writing in New Zealand onto our program during this year. I've got one coming up uh, later this month. I've got a uh, booking uh, and she she's a woman who writes historical fiction. I'm interested that a number of our honoured writers at the finale of the festival, were in fact writing their memoirs. And so Witi Ihe is, on to, is approaching Volume 3 of his memoirs. Patricia Grace has just launched her memoir from the centre and there are others in the pipeline. So it's a, it's a rich time for those uh, authors who perhaps have identified as part of Settler New Zealand or have been part of that that conversation, picking up those early times of the first writers and the first novelists published. So C.K. Stead was one of those honoured writers on the stage and, uh, and of course, Patricia Grace alongside uh, Dame Fiona Kidman. So you can imagine... uh, we were very much in the company of giants, but it was it was also uh, very moving how uh, much humility they spoke with Albert Wendit, for example, and um, Patricia Grace, both um, being first in uh, getting things published or, or you know being high profile, but they were very quick to point out how much that was very characterized by uh, being around other people who were doing stuff at the same time. And they were also quick to point out they had other roles that they did uh, that sustained them during their writing. So writing um, was not everything, even if it was their central passion. I guess my um, thing that I want to kick off with in the broader discussion here is why talk about this event, you know, why would I make a program about it, what's, I mean, apart from having a personal interest in it, and also the fact that I nearly didn't go to the festival because I was kind of out of the swing of it not having gone last year, and Uh, For health reasons, as some of you know, I've taken a a break recently from making programs and so I'm measuring very carefully uh, how much time I spend out in the outside world. I'm keeping close to home and my own writing sanctuary and just focusing on me, making sure that I um, complete a really good uh, recovery and recuperation from two operations, so I wasn't particularly keen to do all of the program that I originally looked at and got excited by. I, I had marked off several sessions to go to, but when I looked at it, I thought, "Well, it's just too ambitious. I just can't can't stretch around these." And in the end, I selected only two sessions for Saturday and two for Sunday, and. The key one that I selected for Saturday was really central to my commitment to attend the festival, and it was called "Our Full Cells, Tomato Carto." Now, it was a calling. It was calling to writers from multiple communities, uh, who writers who have to weave themselves together, sometimes have to cross divides, and. In inverted commas, switch codes. And that's what really attracted me. I thought, yes, I've been doing that for years. Uh, but I wanted to hear from what other people were doing, how they were doing it, how they found that experience, what kind of roles did they fall into, what sort of questions did they ask themselves, and so on. And so... It was very interesting to have people who had multiple ethnicities and who obviously switched codes at home um, and when they were the in-laws as opposed to their own whānau. um, There were people who wrote for one community and spoke for that community strongly but who lived in another community and, and so on. So there were many, many differences amongst those who were part of the panel. I'm not going to talk about the panel as individuals. I'm just talking about this in a general way that despite all their differences, there were commonalities, and there were uh there were there was a sense in which it was a demanding situation to be in where you had to keep translating things in your head, not from a language perspective, but from a cultural perspective. You had to think, well, if I say that, they're going to think this. And that isn't what, I, what I'm what i intending at all. Uh, you had to process things and present them really cautiously or carefully so that um, the whole interaction didn't go off the rails. So... they they were giving voice to things that I had experienced in my life and I found it very potent and very powerful and so did a number of other people around me who got into conversation after the session and that's the beauty of being at the festival that it's an opportunity to dialogue, it's an opportunity to share and nobody's going to look sideways at you because you introduce a topic to them it, it, you're not on a bus. You've got freedom to talk about anything you want to talk about that's, that's relevant to writers, which is the whole of life. So it gives you a great, great opportunity just to be yourself and to just mer- muse and, and um, merge with the collective that's doing this uh, reflecting. And so it, there's nothing else really like it. At the end, when I was after a a spare copy of the festival programmes, I could send it to one of my mates in Australia, who I knew would be incredibly envious of what we'd just enjoyed, Uh, but that wasn't my reason for sending it to her. It was a genuine um, encouragement for her to read some of the authors. I I thought she would enjoy the biographies and the notes about these authors and so on, so... In getting a hold of a copy, I spoke to one of the team from Auckland Council who'd been organising, and he said, I've never done anything like this before. This is my first time at the Writers' Festival. I've never even been to any other Writers' Festival. And so I said, how did you find it? he said, oh, absolutely amazing and enriching and um, very touching and moving. I said, yes, it's um soul food definitely and he smiled and concurred and it just brought home to me that everyone who attended no matter whether they were a writer or um, the husband of someone who writes or um, a worker for the council they were all touched by the incredible positive spiritual upliftment of being in a gathering where everybody was focused on communal well-being and in a supportive way. So there was no, although many of the people do have political messages or um, campaigns they work on and Dame Fiona Kidman mentioned um, her involvement with Pike River uh, with her husband, she mentioned um, some other campaigns she'd been involved in, and Patricia uh, Grace mentioned the struggle to hang on to land in uh, the Porirua uh, wider area where at uh, Hongaweka, her home base, her marae, is uh, the last and largest land collection still held in Māori hands in the Wellington region and how many attempts have been made over the years by various means um, of the Crown or the Government or the local council to actually find purposes for some of this land and uh, remove it by statute and how many struggles had gone on to prevent all that happening and that's of course mentioned in her memoirs as well. But the key thing I want to make, the point I want to make, is that while people may come with their own agendas and their agendas may be in their books and so on, um, in actual fact, the dialogue wasn't angry, the dialogue wasn't conflict-ridden. It was was very much uh, seeking to draw strength, to give encouragement and hope, To open doors and windows and let fresh air and light and sunlight and joy flow. And that's how the gathering uh, was experienced. Incredibly uplifting. And I think I've always got something special from going to the Writers' Festival. But this festival, even though I attended fewer sessions than ever before, it was actually the most enriching and the best I've ever been to. And a few other people said similar things to me. So there was a magic in the air, and it definitely was definitely worthwhile. The surprising uh, aspect of the program was more about the diversity and the emphasis on te reo. And it was very interesting that Te Ferry, uh, the Māori Language Commission, actually um, uh, AFED supported and funded a certain section and a segment that allowed some sessions to flow in te reo completely and other sections to be uh, primarily about uh, concepts surrounding te reo and the Māori culture. So Te Kai o Te Te Kai Ate Rangatera I should say is was probably the most gripping session for me that I attended and that being because it was an, ex- an account of an extraordinary project. A project that involved interviewing over a 100 Māori leaders who had a record of service towards others, service before uh, pūtea, before funding, and, and it was completely arrived at by a group of young people who decided on the project, and they made this decision, this commitment, that they would do the project as service, and they would not seek funding themselves for the project. And their inspiration was a Māori leader in 1850 called Te Rangi Ka Heke. And Te Rangi Kahike was an extraordinary writer. Uh, I won't summarise his leadership points here, but uh, they make uh, very good reading from the point of view of their points that a number of leadership, specialists or people who've stood as leaders and created leadership programs and so on, they have a lot of resonance with these people in Aotearoa. So Sir Peter Blake was one I thought of because some of the points about leadership made by Tarangi were um, identical points to the concepts that Sir Peter had about leadership. Now the panelists for this session were people who actually conducted interviews. They were people who were uh the hard doing the hard yards behind the scenes. And they talked about their process. They talked about when they were growled at by comator and given a grilling because at near the start when they didn't perhaps approach things the way the comator would have liked. And they were also um Keen to talk about the way they were warmly embraced, the amount of support that was given to them, uh, to and the involvement of time, like some of the commitment for some of the people. They obviously the interviews went on for two and a half, three hours. Of course, that didn't surprise me because I knew from from the times that I spent with Korea and Comato that. Uh, time just takes on a different meaning and it's more about the kaupapa and the depths to which you're going to reach in the space available and how the space expands as the kaupapa deepens and so what is extraordinary is the book is available online and They're selling it online rather than through bookstores and so on. But again, they're very, very conscious that this is not a commercial exercise. People have approached them and asked them to run leadership courses and so on. It's very popular to do that. But they've declined all this. They are are wanting to stay true to the co-papa. They're capturing people in their 50s 60s 70s and 80s people who've gone through different generational shifts who've got slightly different lenses and people who've come from different sectors but when we looked at the breakdown of the sectors involved a good two-thirds of these leaders were involved in education in some way now, that didn't surprise me either because when you think about it, to be an educator, you have to be considering the long-term future, the impact uh, you want to have, the vision you want to hold, and many of the educators in Māoridom, people who set up the tertiary Wānanga, uh, whether it be um, Te Wānanga or Raukawa, um, done... On the Otaki coast, or whether it be, uh, Te or Awanui Rangi, uh, in, Ho- in the uh, Bay of Plenty, um, they're not city-based Wananga. They're, they're Wananga that draw on the rural depths of Māori society, where the language is spoken freely on Marae and where this A lot of live culture going on, not people that are struggling in the city on the fringe of Pākehā society. So it was very clear to me that a lot of thought had gone into who they had selected For these hundred because there's no shortage of Māori leaders these days but I mean in actual fact some came from sport and from health um, and from politics and from business but the majority came from education and that is where many Māori got their uh, recognition um, and their breakthroughs in terms of uh, position and profile and training, so that that also figures it would be interesting to think of what this project would look like if it was repeated uh, say in fifteen or twenty years and uh, how much the digital divide would come into that uh, process. Very interesting. Now, to go back to uh, the final session that I attended where it was the honouring of the writers. I didn't know what to expect, but I was deeply moved by the openness and the sharing and the collegial relationship that existed between the various writers because obviously from time to time they have chipped in and helped each other so when Patricia Grace was going to court, uh, some of the other writers uh, wanted to support her in keeping hold of the land for her Fano, and, um, and they were uh, generating uh, in the background support. Uh, she didn't ask for that, but this is a um, this was a process where they wanted to reach out and show their camaraderie. I think there's been. Uh, quite a lot of camaraderie between Brian Turner uh, who's now based in central Otago and the little writing community that exists down there and the richness that they have in promoting the beauties of the landscape the breathtaking skyscapes and landscape as Brian is always keen to talk about uh this is co- of commercial significance to some of the tourist operators, but it's actually also enriching of lives when it gets celebrated, when it's in coffee table books, and when it's promoted. And so they have been uh, instrumental in uh, talking climate change in a very significant way, because climate change has the has as a threat the power to destroy a lot of the beauty that currently people enjoy around Aotearoa. Another theme that came out was generational change and Dame Fiona Kidman, of course, was the first New Zealand writer to significantly write about women's lives and the way women experience things and express things and how different that is. From uh, mainstream male writers, and so she engendered quite a lot of humor in the start, where she was able to refer to some of the funny sides of uh, some of her short stories about women's lives and the fact that it becomes a marker of change for us to go back and read some of the early stories and and think about how things were uh, for women at certain points in society and how much freer things are today. And thinking again about the joys of interaction in the festival, I have always met really interesting people that... Sometimes I've uh, met again or had further contact with, other times I haven't, but the conversations have been extraordinarily enriching. Mm. And this time I was very fortunate to meet Marion Marquand, an artist teacher from Queenstown. And Marion is involved in... Recording and diaries and material that will be suitable for writing short stories, and so she's got a a long term plan that she's chipping away at. And had attended some of the sessions I'd attended, so we had coffee together and uh, reflected on um, our lives and what we were learning at the festival and what we might do next. And she was challenging me to do. Uh, something with my stories that I have in my head that tumble out from time to time and she was saying to me you know uh, uh, that would make a really interesting short story and then we looked at ways in our conversation how we could craft things and reflected on what some other authors were doing and how they were crafting their short stories with layers and I think Dame Fiona Kidman is is such a master in this art that um, one would go uh, a long way to find a better example um, of this layering concept. It's just the way things get woven in. It's no plotting A plus B equals C. When you're reading reading the account, you're actually doing quite a few mental flips and somersaults to... uh, Adjust your perspective lens and ref- and capture uh, the flow of ideas, characters. It, it keeps you on your toes. Very exciting. It's like a detective story. You know, some have heard her short stories, but uh, it's also like reading uh, from a stream of consciousness because the way it comes through one particular character, uh, it's it's a, it's kind of an infusion of the person's cultural life experience as they're re- revealing what is happening at the event, whether it's the wedding or whatever. Uh, so I would encourage you to have a look at uh, some of Fiona's recent short story volume because it was uh, for me the most satisfying short story reading I've done in a long time. I've been dipping into a couple each night and uh, I can't put the book down. I do think there are um, many ways of approaching writing and we were able to attend workshops with uh, people who taught writing and how to um, improve your writing and how, how to get over writer's block and how to journal and how to um, collect ideas and how, how to develop um, the crafts that are involved in both short story writing and memoir writing that that really require quite a lot of skill. And it's those opportunities that come up through the Writers' Festival that I think are really valuable for people. You haven't got time to go off to do a Master of Creative Writing at university for a year necessarily. Uh, Not many people can do that, but you can... um, avail yourself of a lot of material that's out there in book form and form of instruction, uh, Zoom sessions and these sessions at the festival each year that um, come on stream. I enjoyed particularly the interaction with authors and being able to have authors sign their book and make a personal message and it's very heartwarming and it's something that when I open the book it's there you know and the memory of that interaction and it was particularly wonderful to share with um, Dame Fiona Kidman uh, as I knew her husband well uh, from Wellington Days and I've always admired the work that they were doing around raising awareness about uh, the issues for the those left behind uh, from the Pike River di- disaster. I also enjoyed being able to speak with Patricia Grace and... I reflected on my visit to Hongaweka and the warmth of the marae there and their hosting a key event in uh, New Zealand health history. I uh, look forward to further interactions in further years. Um, this is the first time I've interacted with New Zealand writers at the festival. I've often been interacting with overseas writers, so it it was a different focus for me this time. The, at the finale, though, Witi Ehumaya's challenge to us and to his fellow writers was that it's not that we're all in a um, Pollyanna world where everything's rosy and we and getting rosier. We are still facing the. Uh, aftermath of the 19th century the unraveling of the racism the uh, shifts that really require a lot of effort in consciousness and writers are at the forefront of that and he reminded us of that fact so i'd like to finish on that note thank you for listening and i look forward to your company again when we do see new focus next week Thank you. Get together with Senior Focus next Sunday at 5.25pm on Planet FM 104.6 or listen online at any time at planetaudio.org.nz forward slash Senior Focus and do note Senior Focus is one word.